0: So last week, we talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the anointing, the presence of the Holy Spirit on us and through us, doing what only God can do through people. That's what the baptism of the Holy Spirit's about, It's so critically important. Last week I shared a little bit about the life change that happened to me when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's on last week's teaching if you want to go back and hear my story. But here's the gist of it. My walk with God, my spiritual walk with God was accelerated in a major way. I came into a place that I never knew even existed. The, the, the presence of God, the power of God, the, 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 his voice and his, and his light illuminating his word and his, and his promises, it just came alive. I went from a place where his word was really good news, but it was almost too good to be true news, to a place where those promises were real in me, completely part of me, real in my heart, And I believe that was a result of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I was saved about a week after I was diagnosed with cancer. I was filled with the Holy Spirit about two months after that. All I can say is, I know, I have evidence in my own life, in this ministry, of the importance of the power of the Holy Spirit in me, for me, to build me up and to keep me strong and to edify me. And I know the power of the Holy Spirit through me to testify of Jesus. And I can't do this. There's no way that I can do any of what I do without the power of the Holy Spirit. Last week I used Pastor Tim's example of the hand saw and the power saw. We all have the, the regeneration of the Spirit when we're born again. So we do have... holy spirit that joins with our spirit and we become one with christ we all have that but we still don't have the the added benefit of the baptism of the holy spirit there is another powerful truth we're going to go to the bible to show you that it's biblical called the baptism of the holy spirit so if we don't have the baptism, it's as if we're doing our spiritual journey with a handsaw on our own power. And it still gets a good work done, but it's a lot harder. If we are plugged in with a power saw, Alice spoke this to me last night after our meeting. I said, oh, that's so good. If we plug in, we are plugged in to a power source. And now the work is Completely easy. If you have a power saw sawing a piece of wood, you don't put forth any effort. You have to be, you have to be um, knowledgeable about what you're doing. But you just take that saw and it does the work and saws the board. That's the difference between just being born again and having the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Here's another analogy for you. Power steering power steering on cars. I don't think they even make cars without it anymore. I don't think they make vehicles without power steering. Uh, yeah, I don't think they do. But have you ever had your power steering go out? I have. All of a sudden, driving is a whole different ball game. It is work to turn the wheel. It is unbelievable the difference driving without power steering and with power steering. With power steering, the whole vehicle, no matter how big your vehicle is, you can drive a multi, huge, mega, heavy truck, and it's still super easy to steer. It doesn't matter. It's just the, the, a move of, you know, your finger almost can steer the car. We're created to be power assisted. Now, we can do life with Christ without being power assisted. We're still loved. We're still just as loved. We still have our inheritance. All of the benefits that the Bible talks about, they're still ours. But there's a whole different avenue with the Holy Spirit that I want. I don't want to do life without the Holy Spirit. I want the added benefit of the Holy Spirit. So last week, we talked about the first Benefit of the power of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The first benefit is for you and me individually. The first benefit is to help us spiritually, to grow us spiritually, to strengthen us spiritually, to um, encourage us, to enlighten us. We need that. No matter what you're doing in life, we need that. Jesus came so that we could have a life, a life of abundance. And that comes through that spiritual growing and edification. So that's number one. We talked about that last week. And I gave you lots of scriptures. Scriptures that show that the the baptism of the Holy Spirit guides you into all truth. Scriptures that say that the Holy Spirit is your teacher. Scriptures that say that God... Um, uh, uncovers or unveils the mysteries of God with the Holy Spirit. Scriptures that say that we are edified and that our faith is energized through the Holy Spirit. So that was all. That's a quick recap from last week. Today, we're going to talk about the second benefit. The Holy Spirit's not only there for you individually, for your own spiritual growth, But the second powerful truth about the Holy Spirit is that his power is available to work through you, not just in you, but through you to testify of Jesus and the finished work of Jesus. And that's where we're going to go today. We're going to talk about that power through you, not just through words, but also through demonstration, through signs, through wonders, through miracles. Through those touches of God that we all love. That's the power of the benefit of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So, we're going to start. I'm going to be going back and forth between um, when Jesus walked on this earth... And, and how he shared with us about the spirit. And then go to the book of Acts and show what that looked like in the new church. And then talk about what that looks like in our lives. We're just going to jump all over in scripture today. There's lots of scripture on your paper. Um, I didn't write them all out. But you can go home and look them up to review and to talk to God about this teaching when you get home. So the first scripture is Matthew 10. In this scripture, Jesus has been in his ministry anointed by the Holy Spirit, destroying the yoke everywhere he goes. And then there's a little change in the, the storyline through Jesus. Because instead of Jesus doing all of the works, he imparts the same anointing upon his apostles. So listen to this. This is Matthew 10, verse 1. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and disease. And then a few verses later, he sent them out. And he said, And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. So here we are in the midst of the gospel dispensation of the Holy Spirit. That means that the the people were not holy. They had not yet had their sins eliminated. So there was no way the Holy Spirit could inhabit them and dwell with them continually. So Jesus imparted the Holy Spirit upon them, kind of like the Old Testament dispensation. And he said, I've freely given you this anointing, guys. Now go use it. Freely you've received, now freely use it. And then the apostles went out, and the anointing that had been imparted to them destroyed the yoke. They preached, when you share the word, yokes get broken. There was demonstration of power through healing, through raising the dead, through casting out de- demonic and deliverance. All sorts of oppression of the enemy was destroyed through the yoke of the anointing. Remember, we read this last week, John 14, verse 16. Jesus gave us a promise. He said, I am going to pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Last week we talked about the word another, it means another of the same kind, not a different kind. Not a lesser, lesser kind, but another like Jesus. The Holy Spirit represents Jesus. Everything that Jesus did for his disciples, everything that he did for the people when he walked on the earth, the Holy Spirit does for us now. So when Jesus was walking on the earth... He sent his apostles out. Now, they weren't even filled with the Spirit to dwell with them continually. And yet he sent them out to cast out demons, to to heal the sick, to preach the word, to raise the dead. And they did it. We have the same, we have another helper of the same kind. Everything that Jesus did for the apostles, when he walked on this earth, the Holy Spirit does for us now. And I would even say even more so because the Holy Spirit's not just upon us. He's also within us and can work through us. That's amazing. I pray right now, Father God, that the, oh my God, the depth of what you're speaking right now stirs us up and wakes us up into another level of revelation in the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. So the next scripture I want to share is the commissioning. This is the last chapter of Mark. Jesus, in this chapter, has already died. He already paid the price, took the judgment for our sins. He had already resurrected from the dead and showed himself to about 500 believers, 500 people, And then he was going to be ascended into heaven. And right before he did that, he commissioned us. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who doesn't believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. That's one of the things that he gave to his apostles to, to break off the, the demonic realm and tell it to go, and it has to go. He says believers will do that. He says they will um, speak with new tongues. They will have the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk more about that today. He says they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. We have the protection of the Holy Spirit. A couple of weeks ago, we, we declared Psalm 91. No weapon formed against us will prosper. We have an anointing that destroys the yoke. We have an anointing that destroys the work of darkness. That does not mean that we're going to pick up poison and drink it. But that does mean that we're protected from all evil, all terror known to mankind. Then it says, and they'll lay hands on the sick. And they will recover. That's our commission. Commission means to come into mission with Jesus. Co. With. Mission. Jesus' mission. In, John, in 1 John 3.8 it says, For this purpose Jesus was manifested. To destroy the works of the devil. We are to come into commission with him. But Jesus is no longer here. We have another helper, just like Jesus, to do everything that Jesus did when he was here. Okay, I'm going to read two more verses. I'm giving you lots of evidence about this amazing power that is available to us. The next two verses I'm going to read are both from the author, Luke. The first one is from the last chapter of Luke, again, after Jesus has died and been resurrected, right before he ascends to heaven. And then I'm going to read in the book of Acts, the first book. It's also written by Luke. And we're going to see what Jesus did right before he ascended, immediately before he ascended into the heavens to sit at the right hand of the Father. This happened right before that. Listen to this. Jesus said, Behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with that power from on high. Jesus is speaking to me right now, really loud, and I pray he's speaking to you. He's saying, don't do anything until you have the Holy Spirit. That's what he told the church when it was birthed. And we still need the Spirit. Don't do anything. Wait until you receive that power. The word endued means to be furnished with the power, to be clothed in the power. The word baptism, we're going to go to the next scripture. Jesus calls it the baptism. The word baptism means to be immersed, immersed in the power of the Spirit. So let's go to that act scripture. You're going to see how these two scriptures are parallel. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you've heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then in verse 8, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So Jesus strongly says, okay, the promise is coming. Wait for it. And then again, he says, you will receive power. And then he tells us the reason for the power is to witness. So let's talk about those two words. First of all, the word power. It's the word dunamis. The, word, the Greek word dunamis means miracle-working power. The baptism of the Holy Spirit endues us and works through us with miracle-working power. And listen to this. It's on your paper. That power is inherent. That means it is permanent and it's inseparable. Once we've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that miracle-working power is inherent within us. It's forever. The Holy Spirit dwells with us continually. It is permanent and it's inseparable. And that good news. See, guys, when we know truth, and when that truth isn't just here, but God just just lights it up in your heart, then things change. So he says that he gives us the power to witness. The word witness means someone who remembers. It means someone who has information or knowledge. A witness is someone who has information or knowledge. And a witness provides evidence to prove something is true so god says that we will have power to be a witness to him of him a witness of jesus a witness one who has knowledge of jesus one who has information really good information to share one who has this information that gives evidence to who Jesus is. Now think about the apostles. What did they do? They took that information and they started to share it everywhere they went. They went on missionary trips. They went over the whole region. There were only a few guys. Think about it. There were only, it started with only 12 apostles and then it grew. We're going to talk more about that in a sec. Today, we're sitting here in Rochester, Michigan. And there are millions of Christians. And that message is here today because of the witness that they shared. They were with Jesus when he was living on this earth. That message went forth with the power of the Holy Spirit. They had the power, the miracle-working power to take that message out to the world. But it wasn't just words. It was also backed up with evidence. Think about Jesus. When he walked on this earth, he says, if you don't believe I'm who I am, believe the works. Believe me for the works. Same thing here. I'm here sharing good news every chance I get. But one of the reasons, and I'm not, I'm, guys, I'm not pumping myself up, but I'm just giving you some some evidence one of the reasons you come is because i have credibility cuz god healed me of a deadly disease i teach healing i've been in that place where i had a death sentence that shows evidence that this word worked for me anyway and then i have testimony after testimony after testimony to share how the word has impacted lives time and time and time and time and time again. The word is always, it should be, the word should be accompanied by power. That's my, uh, I go to God all the time and I say, God, this is what your word says. This is what I believe. This is what I desire. Always, always. Okay. So we're going to go through some more Act scriptures. I'm going to go to the book of Acts 2. And we're going to look at the very first time that the Holy Spirit baptism was poured out. Verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So way back when John the Baptist prophesied, he said, I baptize you with the Holy Spirit, but he who comes will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Right here the prophecy was fulfilled. You know, there were about 120 people right here on the day of Pentecost that had tarried in Jerusalem. But when Jesus spoke to the crowds and said to wait, there were about 500 people in that crowd. That's about one in five. I want to be a top 20% person. I want to be the person that says, okay, Jesus, I'm all in. And I pray that for you. I pray that for all of, all of you. Okay, that was Acts chapter 2. And then the world was turned upside down, literally. Because then the Holy Spirit was here. The power of the Holy Spirit to witness was here, available for them. 120 people had been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And everything changed. So the first thing, I'm just going to paraphrase now. Peter, Peter, the apostle that had denied Jesus about 40 days before because he was afraid, I believe. It was because he was afraid of all the persecution. That same man got up and preached a bold sermon witnessing about Jesus, the one who had lived, the one that had ministered, the one that had died, and the one that had resurrected. And after that sermon, the 3,000 people 3,000 people were cut to the heart. And they said, what must we do to receive what you guys have? And he told them about Jesus. And then he said to them, and I'm paraphrasing, he said, this promise, what you're seeing here is for everyone. It's for you and it's for your children. It's for those who are close and it's for those who are afar off. 3,000 people were saved. That was chapter 2. Chapter three, Peter and John are in the temple courtyard, and there's this man who's crippled from birth, and he's begging. And they look at that man, and the power of the Holy Spirit was moving. And they said to that man, Silver and gold we don't have, but what we do have we give unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And he did. The word that they were sharing about Jesus was being evidenced right there in that man, and he got up and walked. And then, and then, they're 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 persecuted. Peter and John are persecuted for healing that man on the Sabbath. So they take Peter and John before the very same high priest that turned Jesus over for crucifixion. The very same men, Annas and Caiaphas. And instead of Peter cowering, he stood up bold. And when they were released by Annas and Caiaphas, Annas Annas and Caiaphas said, Okay, we're going to let you go, but keep your mouth shut. Don't you be talking about this Jesus anymore. And right to those high priest's face, they said, Oh, we will be talking. Who are we going to listen to, you or God? We're going to listen to God, and we're going to keep talking. So that was chapter 3. And now we're in chapter 4. They went back right after they had been before those high priests, and they'd been threatened. They went back to all those believers, and they started praying in one accord. And they went to God, and this was part of their prayer. They prayed, so now, Lord, listen to their threats to harm us. Empower us as your servants to speak the word of God freely and courageously. They needed the baptism of the Holy Spirit for that, to be a witness. And they asked God. They prayed for that power of the Holy Spirit to work through them. And then they prayed, stretch out your hand, God. Stretch out your hand of power through us to heal and to move in signs and wonders By the name of your holy son, Jesus. So they didn't just say, God, give us the words. They also said, back up those words, God, with miracles, with signs and wonders. And then, at that moment, the earth shook beneath them, causing the building they were in to tremble. That's Holy Spirit falling upon that place. Each one of them was filled with the Holy Spirit, and they proclaimed the word of God with unrestrained boldness. I believe... That the Holy Spirit can um, move and, and settle upon a body of believers, even when you're already baptized. There's just this presence of the Holy Spirit. We've all been in those environments where the Holy Spirit is just so active and so, I mean, literally the whole atmosphere changes. That's what happened there, I believe. That's what happened there. And they were just seeking Jesus. They were putting Jesus. They had the power to witness. They had the power to be bold and courageous. And then, two verses later, and with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Fast forward a few chapters, Acts chapter 14. Listen to this. Therefore, they stayed there a long time, speaking boldly in the Lord, who was bearing witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. So they were taking out the word, they were witnessing of Jesus, and God was granting signs and wonders to back up the word. I want to back up to a scripture that I forgot to read. I'm just going to quote it for you. It's Mark 16, verse 20. You don't have to go there, Kent. Um, it says this. It's right after the great commissioning. And, and the, the Bible says, right after it says, and they'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. The next verse says, um, believe, um, and, they, and so they went out and preached the word. And God confirmed his word with signs and wonders following it. That's what they were commissioned to do, and that's what happened all the way through the book of Acts. The power of the Spirit, working through them to bear witness to God. Okay, we're going to go back to John 15, back to Jesus' promise, because now we're going to look at how this applies to you and to me. Jesus promised us, but when the Helper... Comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby comes, whom I will send to you from the Father. That is the Spirit of Truth who comes from the Father. He will testify and bear witness about me. The Holy Spirit will testify and bear witness about Jesus. But you, also will testify and be my witnesses, because you have been with me from the beginning. We partner together. we need the Holy Spirit, and God needs us to say yes to him and to take take like Peter did to take action like Paul did, to be bold, to pray if you need to. <laughs> we all need to, (laughs) to pray, to say, God, we need you. We depend on you. And to come into that place of submission and surrender. And the Holy Spirit testifies of Jesus through us when we make the choice to say yes to God. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, God. Therefore, you and I have the Holy Spirit power if we choose to accept and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we have that power to give witness both through words and demonstrations of what is in us, of what we know of the revelation God's given us, the light that shines in us and through us to change the world in your house, in your job, in your region, wherever you go. And it doesn't even have to be with preaching. You can do it with life. You can do it with your countenance. You can do it with a smile on your face. Yeah, it's good. So, before we move to the next subtopic, baptism of the Holy Spirit is a promise for all of us. And we need it. We need it for ourselves to grow and to, to develop spiritually. And we need it so the Holy Spirit can work through us to witness of Jesus. The next thing I want to talk about is tongues. Because tongues always raise big questions. Um, in, in the Christian world, there's a lot of um, disagreement about tongues. So I'm just going to go right to the word and tell you what the word says. Um, I do have another teaching. I haven't decided if I'm going to share it yet, but I do have another, another teaching where I look at some of the um, arguments against the baptism of the Holy Spirit and tongues and give you evidence for why I believe what I believe always based on the Bible. Today, I'm not going to give you that because I don't have time. I'm just going to show you what, what the Bible says about tongues. So here we go. First of all, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is linked so closely with the external manifestation of speaking in tongues that this should be considered the norm. Now, here's the bottom line. You don't have to speak in tongues when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit. You can be just as completely filled with the Holy Spirit as me and not speak in tongues. But you don't get all the benefits. And we're going to talk about those benefits. You don't have to pray in tongues. You don't have to speak in tongues. But you get to. And it's amazing. So what I'm going to share with you are four good reasons, good enough for me, why I want to pray or speak in tongues. The first reason is because praying in tongues is praying in agreement with God and praying the perfect will of God. That's a very powerful statement. There are times when we don't know how to pray. When we pray in tongues, when we pray in the spirit, we know we are praying in God's will and we are praying in agreement with him. And I'll give you the biblical evidence for what I just said. Romans 8, verse 26 and 27. In the same way, the spirit comes to us and helps us in our weakness. We do not know what prayer to offer Or how to offer it as we should. But the Spirit himself knows our need. And at the right time, he intercedes on our behalf with sighs and groanings too deep for words. I believe that's tongues. And what this says is when you don't know how to pray, we can pray in tongues. Jim? Yes, and speaking and speaking yes, versus yes. Versus the gift. That's that's part of that next teaching. Right. That's a that made it very clear okay. Thank you for sharing that. So what Jim is saying is that he is differentiating right now between your devotional tongues, speaking in tongues, and the gift of tongues. They're two different things. I'm not planning on going there today. Probably, I better do that though, because it does answer a lot of questions. Okay, so let's go back to the praying the perfect will of God. So um, I'm going to go back and read this again. In the same way, the Spirit comes to us and helps us in our weakness. We don't know what prayer to pray or how to offer it as we should, but the Spirit himself knows our need and at the right time intercedes on our behalf with sighs and groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because the Spirit intercedes before God on behalf of God's people in accordance with God's will. So the bottom line is the Holy Spirit is praying through us. The bottom line is our intellect, our, our thinking gets out of the way. Our speech center of our body literally isn't even active. And... We're praying the perfect will of God. We get out of God's way, and we pray in the perfect will of God, and it's in agreement with him. Yesterday, I got a phone call in the morning from a very good... You guys know her, Lisa. Lisa, you know Lisa, tall, beautiful Lisa. She's on our ministry team. She got in a really serious car accident yesterday. She's okay. But when she called me, she didn't know she was okay. Um, She was on her way to the hospital in an ambulance, and she texted me really quick. She said, Cindy, pray. This is what happened. And she had head um, uh, impact and um, uh, some other stuff. And um, so I texted her right back, okay, I'm praying. And this is how I prayed. Yes, I prayed for no weapon formed against her will prosper. I prayed God's word. I prayed um, quick and speedy recovery. You know, I prayed that. But then I started praying in tongues because I didn't know what was going on in her body I didn't know specifically how to speak to the mountain so I started praying in tongues and I let the Holy Spirit pray the perfect will of God I got a text from her today that said that she is well she's sore but there was abs- they, did, they tested everything and there was nothing no broken bones, no, no concussion, no brain injury nothing, no bleeding, nothing so God protected her but that's how I chose to pray. Praying in tongues is a powerful way when you don't know how else to pray. Even when you do know how to pray, I think it's powerful because maybe there's something you're missing. <laughs> so anyway, that's number one. Um, I'm, I'm not going to show this video tonight because I did last night and it took quite a while. But there is a video out there on um, Dateline, um, ABC News Dateline. You could Google it. And what it does is it shows scientific evidence, science backs up the word and what it shows is that when people pray in tongues the speech center of the brain which is the frontal lobe doesn't light up your brain isn't part of the picture it's the Holy Spirit speaking through you so it's just another scientific piece of evidence that shows that what the Bible says is true so that's number one here's number two Praying in tongues unveils revelation of God to you. I shared part of this last week, but I'm going to share more today. Um, 1 Corinthians 2, verses 10 through 16. But God now unveils these powerful realities to us by the Spirit. Yes, he has revealed to us his inmost heart and deepest mysteries through the Holy Spirit, who constantly explores all things. After all, who can really see into a person's heart and know his hidden impulses except for that person's spirit? So it is with God. His thoughts and secrets are only fully understood by his spirit, the spirit of God. So in Cindy's language, you can't read my thoughts unless I tell it to you. God's thoughts are his thoughts. But he has put his spirit in us. And because he has put his spirit in us, we can know his thoughts as he reveals them to us. It's called revelation knowledge. Now let me read some more. For we did not receive the spirit of this world system, but the spirit of God, so that we might come to understand and experience all that grace has lavished upon us. And we articulate these um, these realities or these revelations with the words imparted to us by the spirit and not by the words taught by human wisdom. Is that pretty awesome? That's tongues. That's tongues. We articulate these realities, those revelations with words imparted to us by the spirit and not with words taught by human wisdom. We join together spirit revealed truths with spirit revealed words some, someone living on an, extreme, on an entirely human level rejects the revelations of God's Spirit. For they make no sense to him. It's like nonsense. It's like crazy. What, what do you think you're doing? He can't understand the revelations, that earthly person, because they're only discovered by the illumination of the Spirit. Those who live in the Spirit are able to carefully evaluate all things. That's good news. When you're not sure about something and we pray in the Spirit... God can help us to evaluate, to make decisions, to move according to His direction, because of the the the, the peace and the um, the moving of the Spirit in your heart, one way or the other. They are subject to scrutiny, but no one but God. For who has ever intimately known the mind of the Lord Yahweh well enough to become His counselor? Christ has. And we possess Christ's perceptions. In another version, it says, We have the mind of Christ. So we can have revelation. Now, we don't know it all. We're not God. But God can give us the pieces that He knows we need to know. And that comes through praying in tongues. I get more revelation praying in tongues than I ever got any other way. It's powerful. That's one of my primary sources of prayer when I'm seeking to hear from God. It's praying in tongues. Number three, and I touched on this last week, so I'm only going, I, I went deep on this last week, so I'm only going to touch on it today. Praying in tongues brings spiritual edification to the builder, to the believer, well, to the believer. Praying in tongues brings spiritual edification to the believer. Corinthians 14, this is another one of those chapters I'll go more deep into next time I share. First Corinthians 14:4 four says, "He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church." Now that doesn't mean one is better than the other. They're both very important. Prophecy is powerful, but so is tongues. Speaking in tongues gives you individual spiritual edification. And that means you're built up, you're strengthened, you're energized. So that's a benefit of praying in tongues. And the next one, number four. Praying in tongues also energizes your faith. Jude chapter 1 verse 20. But you, beloved, build yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith. Continually progress. Rise like an edifice higher and higher. Pray in the Holy Spirit. So the Bible says that there's this foundation of faith. There's this foundation of truth that is real to you, that nobody can take away from you. That's your foundation. Your foundation might be a little bit different than mine because we've all been building it in our own lives. But whatever that foundation is, God says that when we pray in tongues, we build it. We strengthen it. We energize it. If you're in a position right now of knowing that your faith needs a boost, this is a powerful way to give it a boost. So praying in tongues energizes your faith. So those are four good reasons to pray in tongues. And now, the next piece of this teaching I want to share is so, well then, how do I receive? It's a promise. God's given it to us. For the last couple of weeks, we have prayed for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So you, if you were here, it's, it's yours already. But I want to just give you a little bit more Bible knowledge about receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to share four pieces, four points in receiving the baptism. The first one is to be open and teachable. God wants all of us to come to him like children, to be open to be teachable. So listen to this scripture, Acts 19, verses 1 through 6. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, we've not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And they said, and then he said to them, well, then who and what were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism." So here were some new Christian believers. They had heard about the repentance of sin. That was John's baptism, repentance of sin. But that's where they stopped. They hadn't grown anymore since then. And Paul said, you know, you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So then he continued. Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him. That is, upon Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they were open. They were teachable. They said, okay, we want it all. That was the baptism of repentance. Now we want this baptism that says, I, I believe in you, Jesus. I want you to be my Savior and the Lord of my life. And then they were baptized into the name of Christ Jesus. And then... Paul laid hands on them, and the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So Paul said, there's this amazing another piece called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they said, okay, tell us, show us. They were open. They were teachable. Um, so that's number one, be open, be teachable. Number two, Ask. Ask. the baptism of the Holy Spirit Luke 11 verses 9 through 13 God says I say to you ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and it will be opened to you for everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks it will be opened if a son asks for bread from any father among you will he give him a stone The implied answer is no way. A good father would not give something bad to his son. Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Again, the implied answer is no. Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? No. If you then, being evil, and that literally means being just a natural man, If you, being a natural person, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Our Father's a good Father. Underline how much more. God says, how much more will I give good gifts to those who ask? How much more will I give the best gift, the Holy Spirit, to those who ask? So the next piece of receiving is to ask i want to share three stories these are just amazing stories of people that i know who asked but they didn't know what they were asking for (laughs) and they received because the bible says ask and your father will give the holy spirit the first example the first um, story i want to tell you is about my sister her name is mayan and um about, uh, I don't know, just a few months before I was diagnosed with cancer. Um, She, at that time, was a director of religious education in the Catholic Church in her diocese, and she did junior and high school, so she had older kids. And because she was a director of religious ed, she did lots of conferences, lots of professional development. She was at a conference, and their assignment at the conference was to break up into small groups to get together, to talk to one another about where they were in their spiritual journey and what they wanted their next step to be and then to pray for one another. That day my sister asked for more of the Holy Spirit, more of the anointing, to know the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in a deeper way. After that day, something really strange happened to my sister. She started having a really difficult time communicating she was, a, she was a leader in her church and she needed to do things like parent meetings she, she was a teacher of junior high and high school kids and you need to be able to communicate and she said I felt like I was tongue tied so it was really really bad it was so bad that she quit that job and she went to work in a bank and then it was a few months later, I was diagnosed with cancer, and I was in the middle of the, the uh, treatment. Not, I never had treatment, but in the middle of all the medical stuff. And one day I was going to have a PET scan, and she knew it. And so she was praying for me, fervently praying. She was in Colorado. I was here, and she was just praying with all of her heart, fervently for me, for that PET scan. And in the midst of her prayer, a river of the living language, the, the heavenly language of tongues started to pour out of her heart, out of her mouth. She had never prayed in tongues. She didn't know about the evidence of tongues. She would asked for the Holy Spirit. She had received the Holy Spirit, but she had never offered God her voice. I believe the reason she was feeling tongue-tied was because she hadn't given God her tongue to be used for the precious Ability of praying in a heavenly language. And God says, you need this prayer right now, my my aunt. So he just kind of took over. That's not the norm, but it was pretty awesome. She called me that day. She had no idea what was going on. I had already been baptized in the Holy Spirit. So I was able to biblically show her what, what was going on. And my sister has been a powerful, charismatic tongue-speaking, Holy Spirit-believing girl, you know, ever since then. It's awesome. So that's the first example. The second example is part two of my principal story. So last week I told you part one, when um, I was so on fire, I still am, but I was so on fire for God at the beginning of my journey, I could not talk about what was going on in my spiritual life. And my principal was getting hungry And excited with me. And one day, um, I already told you that part of the story. She called me into her office and asked if I would pray with her for her salvation. This is a public school. In the school. I go into the principal's office. She's a friend. So it wasn't like I was scared or anything. So I walk into there and she, you know, wanted me to pray with her. So it was awesome. Several months later, same thing happened. She met me out in the hall and she said, Cindy, do you have a minute? I said, Yeah. So I went in her office. She closed her door. She said, something really strange happened to me last night. I said, what? She said, I was awake, so I was just talking to God. She's got this new walk with God, this new relationship with God. So I was talking to God, and I told him, I want the Holy Spirit. And she said, something happened inside me, and I just have this un- Almost uncontainable desire to pray. It's just like this hunger. I just want to pray. So I told her about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and about tongues and shared with her that she had asked for the Holy Spirit and that stirring she felt in her, in her inner person and that desire to pray was the Holy Spirit. And it was a good thing. So that was the second example. I don't know if she ever prayed in tongues. That part I'm not sure of, but the Holy Spirit definitely got a hold of her. And then the third example happened last week. Um, I have a friend lives across the street from me, and um, he was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer a few years ago, maybe two years ago. And I have been um, walking with him through his journey over the last couple years. He's been here just a couple nights, he doesn't come every week, but he, he has come a few times. And um, I talk to him on the phone. He texts me questions. I pray for him. I've given him lots of um, help, you know, uh, declarations. And he, he reads the Bible all the time. And he, you know, Anyway, he's, he's walking very closely with God through his journey. Anyway, last week, he texts me this really long text that was really hard to understand. It was almost like I was reading tongues. But I, I, I'm trying to decipher it. And I knew it had something to do with the Holy Spirit and tongues. And he was completely like, what in the world is happening? So it was a Tuesday night when I got the text. So I couldn't call him until the next day. So I called him on Wednesday. And, um, and I had him tell me the story. So what happened was he woke up in the middle of the night. And wide awake. And again, just like my sister, a river of of the heavenly language was just pouring out of his mouth. He said, it wasn't English. I have no idea what it was. I, it, just, it was just coming out. And I, what in the world was that? I mean, he was like freaking out. So I, you know, calmed him all down. And I, and I said, have you asked for the Holy Spirit to come into your life recently? Well, yeah. I, I, I really want all that God has for me. And I says, well, he did. <laughs> So I, again, did the same thing that I I did with other people. I I explained it, and and then I prayed with him. Like, we're going to pray here together. I prayed with him again about the Holy Spirit, and I prayed in tongues. Let him hear me and let him pray with me, and let him know that it's a powerful prayer. So that's pretty good evidence, don't you think? That the baptism of the Holy Spirit and tongues go hand in hand. These people didn't even know about it. And yet there was this stirring in them. Now again, that's not the norm, because the Holy Spirit's a gentleman, and we we typically need to give him our voice, open our mouth, and say, Okay, I'm I'm just whatever comes out, God, I'm just gonna open my mouth and and, and let words or syllables or whatever's in there come out. Sometimes it starts really, really fluently, like those guys, sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it's just like baby talk. Last night, I pray, I've been praying for lots of people this last two weeks for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And there was a Russian girl there last night who speaks Russian, doesn't speak much English. But she got filled with the Holy Spirit last night. She came very skeptical. Her friend told me, who was translating for her, she said, yeah, she's, she wasn't so sure about this. But she said, your teaching made her Ready? And when we prayed, she said, yes, she wanted the Holy Spirit. And she was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And she was praying in tongues. And, and Olga, her friend, texted me this morning and said, um, you know, that she was just so excited. And she said, it sounds like baby talk. <laughs> Sometimes it does sound like baby talk. Sometimes it sounds like one syllable. Sometimes it doesn't sound like anything. You know, maybe, maybe it just doesn't flow real easily at the beginning. And that's okay, too. Don't be condemned. Know that when you ask, you receive. Okay, so number one is to be open. Number two is to ask. And number three, very often in the Bible, there is a connection between laying on of hands and being filled with the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to read you some biblical examples. Acts chapter 8. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet, he had not fallen on any of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. They didn't make a big deal out of it. It's like, you want it? Okay, let's do it. And then Acts chapter 9. And Ananias went his way and entered the house. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, this is actually the Apostle Paul. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Laying on of hands. So when we pray with you, we do offer laying on of hands and it's just like a jumper cable. It's just like a spiritual jumper cable. So if you have a car that needs jumped, you have a car that works, that the battery is charged. You have another car where the battery isn't charged and it needs charged. You hook up the jumper cables, you turn on the engine of the car that's dead and the power moves from the car with power through the jumper cables to the other car and charges the battery. That's what we're doing when we lay hands on you. We're spiritual jumper cables. Remember, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through you. It's not us. It's the Holy Spirit. And we just trust that that's what God does. So when we lay hands, the power of the Holy Spirit, that's who we're plugged into, flows through us. We're jumper cables. And when we lay hands on you, you get charged. (laughs) with the Holy Spirit and it's awesome and it's awesome so one more point and then we're going to pray and the last point is don't let the enemy steal because probably everybody who has prayed and asked for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and they, and they receive go home and the devil tries to steal it and say oh that wasn't real you're just making that up Oh, that wasn't real. Because you don't always feel something. I pray that you do. I've been praying all day that you have a God encounter. That when we lay hands on you, that you get the jolt of the Holy Spirit. That that power, that jumper cable power is, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. So, but if you not everybody feels anything in your physical body. And so the devil will try to say, didn't work. Well, don't let the devil steal from you. The Bible says, ask and you shall receive. Matthew 13, the parable of the, of the sower. Jesus told many stories in the form of parables, and this is one of them. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. I'm not going to read the rest of it. I just want to stop right there. And this is how Jesus explained it. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. And then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. That's why I teach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because once you know truth, biblical truth, the devil can't steal it from you. I've been to a lot of places where it's just like part of the altar call, and people don't understand. They don't know the truth. And so the devil can just come and take it and say, nope, you're not going to get that. Now, he can't take the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's yours. But he can take your knowledge of it. He can take your belief in it. He can take you away the desire to, to um, benefit and to receive all that God has for you. I don't want him to do that. So there's a sample prayer. You don't have to pray these words. God just says, ask. But we will pray this together. Now, there are three categories of people right here, right now. Some of you are already filled with the Holy Spirit. You know that you know that you know. I want to recharge for me. So I'm going to pray it again, just like in the book of Acts chapter 4 when there was the earthquake. Yeah, I want that. Maybe you have heard about this and you've never been filled and you want it today. It's for you too. You may be skeptical and you may say, I'm not sure yet. And that's totally okay. If you're in that third category, you don't need to pray this with us. I'm not making anybody do anything they want, don't want to do. But if you're in the first two categories, if you're either already filled and you just want to recharge Pray this with us. If you've never been filled or you don't believe you have, if you're not sure, this is for you. So if either of those fit you, let's stand up and pray together. We're going to pray this prayer, and then I'm going to give you some time to talk to God, just you and God, and ask him for the fullness of his Holy Spirit, however you want to ask in your own personal way. After we do that, I'm going to start praying in tongues. And I invite you, if you have your prayer language to pray, and if you don't, open your mouth. There's going to be a lot of people around you, so you don't need to worry about standing out, you know, looking weird or anything. And see if there's anything that just comes out and just start speaking whatever God gives you. Okay, let's pray this prayer together. Father, Your word says that the Holy Spirit is a gift. I do not have to work for it. All I need to do is ask and receive it. So I ask you to baptize me now with your Holy Spirit. I desire your impartation in every part of my life. I want to receive all that you have for me. My heart cry is for a radical transformation in my walk with you. Consume me, O God, with your holy fire. I believe and receive your promise, your gift, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. We stand in this position of receiving God. We stand in this position of taking all that you have for us. Thank you Lord. God, I want to refreshing, restoring more of you, God, more of you, Holy Spirit. Fill me, move through me. God, you know what my prayer was this morning? My prayer was for electricity, for encounters, that when we lay hands on the people, there is a powerful impartation of your Holy Spirit. Have your way, God. Have you a God? Have you a God? Ola la kuriya shoto mori i a caria shoto si, corro moskariya shoto, is kali a shoto Moriara is kali ari a is 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 shoto more God, more God, more. Solara Corria Shoto, Si Scalia Corrio Shoto Maria Riada, Iscalia Corrio Shoto Maria, Scoro Shoto Fossi, Alara Corria Mosa Liada, Corria wholeness, Father, wholeness, restoration, restoration. I command pain to come out, I command pain to be null and void in Jesus' name. Koliaria Koryoshoto Moriasi Aliada. Korya Solorukoro Shoto Moriada. Is Kaliaria Koryoshoto? Kariasi Aliada Koryo Shoto Fire, Father God. Fire. 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 Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Fire. Thank you for your consuming fire, God. The good kind. On fire for you, God. On fire with you, God. Koliaria Koryo Shoto Moriada. Ministry team, would you walk around and lay hands on people, please? Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Healing from the inside out. Thank you, Father, that you're doing things we can't even see right now. Thank you, Father God, that there are things inside us that we don't even know that we need, that you're taking care of right now. Korya Father, I pray that there is documentation of what you're doing right now in our bodies. Holy Spirit, have your way right now. si Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you, God, for your power. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled anew. Be refreshed. Be regenerated. Be recharged. Recharged in Jesus' name. Recharged. Recharged. Thank you for your power charge right now, God. We want to be effective for you, God. We want to be effective for your kingdom. We want to see your kingdom advanced. We want to see your kingdom advanced, Father God, more and more and more and more. Through our words and through the power demonstrated. Backing up your word, God. God's laughing right now. I just see him laughing. He's saying, I've done it, Cindy. I've done it. Don't you know I've already done it? Korya I acknowledge you, God. I acknowledge you in what you've done already. I acknowledge you in the miracles. I was just laying hands on Christine. Healed a cancer. Korya syaliyada, Holy Spirit, flow, flow, power, Jesus. Spirit of Jesus, Spirit of Jesus, Spirit of Jesus, Spirit of Jesus. Have your way, God. Have your way. Thank you for your power right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are flowing in this place, in and through, hovering around, moving to and fro right now. The promise says that the Holy Spirit will dwell in us continually, continually. Does anybody have a pain in their back on the left side? Coria Cialiata Yes. I just felt that in my body. Coria I just speak over your back right now. I speak over the lymphatic system. I speak over the muscle. I thank you, Jesus, for completely touching right now and restoring this back. That that pain is a thing of the past in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for revelation. Thank you, Lord, for the words of knowledge. Thank you, Lord, for healing and restoring. Thank you, Father, for the 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 any um, heart concerns being completely abated with a peace and a knowing that this that you are in His arms, in His care, and He's taking care of you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just pray right now that the arms of God just envelop you, envelop you, and hold you and comfort you and strengthen you, and let you know that he's taking care of you right now, right now, right now, in Jesus' name.